0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the ways you can become more optimal as um, in your abilities. So I was inspired for this episode uh, from a recent Joe Rogan podcast. He had a, a neuroscientist on the show. And I'm just going to pull up his name real quick. So it was with... Oh, there goes Yad. Andrew Andrew Huberman, or Andrew Huberman. And uh, he's a neuroscientist. And his focus is around how to... I think his background was in sports science, and uh, how to help athletes uh, gain an, uh, an advantage. And he started studying um, neuroscience, and he's come to the conclusion that essentially, in order to perform optimally. You essentially just need three things. And it's it's very simple. It's to be clear. It's to be calm. And to be focused. So, I started smoking marijuana again. I don't smoke nearly as much as I used to. And it reminded me of the moments when I would have to smoke weed before I would play basketball when I was younger and many of my friends knew this and when I smoked weed it was I played considerably better it was very noticeable like the fluke shots almost always went in and it was because of the ability for me to just tunnel vision, focus on the objectives of the game. So when when Andrew Huberman, Huberman, however you say his last name, spoke to these three simple things. Being clear, being calm, being focused. It really invigorated uh, the inspiration behind this podcast. So I asked myself. What emotional state are you in when you are in this state of clear, calm, and focused? That coupled with uh, sleep measurement, so uh, sleep will allow an individual to be at their, for the most part, their optimal um, brain Function. Clearly, I am not clear, calm, and focused because I can't get the words out of my mouth. Anyways, um, so all of this—clear, calm, focused, and getting enough sleep—so you could, so your brain can perform optimally, which then um, cascades to all the different components of peak performance is mindset. What type of mindset do you have before engaging in a competition, before engaging in physical activity, before playing a sport or studying for an exam? And that mindset needs to be clear, calm, focused. You need to have enough rest. And I would add a second, second uh, one, one additional thing, not a second thing, one additional thing, which would be to be positive. So the strongest drive of neuroplasticity is focus. So neuroplasticity is your brain's uh, ability to, to communicate through the various highways, the neural highways in your brain to achieve focus. And, um, so a few tests that he did to, uh, determine this and study this is he induced patients, uh, that were under stress to determine Duration, path, and outcome. And this, um, this, this is basically achieved by the patients that are under stress need to perform some type of cognitive cognitive task. And in doing so, oftentimes these patients will speak to. Um, time becoming slower, or time becoming faster. And uh, that's measured by per unit time. So when you're under a significant amount of stress, it it may seem as though time is going slower. And of course, if you're um, if you're really focused and engaged and you're in the moment, it can make time feel like it's going by faster. So, for example, stress is induced by adrenaline, um, cortisol that's released from our brain, uh, shoots through our body, um, giving us this sense of like urgency. And that could allow us to, to feel as though time is slowing down. Uh, one other component that he spoke to very uh, very much on the on the episode was how much sleep is restorative. And we all hear how important sleep is, but to break it down, sleep is how your body heals. The healing mechanisms are directly related to the amount of sleep you get, the consistency of sleep you get, and the effectiveness of the sleep that you get. So, for example, if you if your brain waves don't enter certain states while you're sleeping, your body will not engage in certain healing activities. So, if you're if you're not able to enter deep sleep or um, REM sleep. Um, or, or the various stages and their cycles you, you're, you, won't, you won't receive the benefits that will allow you to um, live your life optimally. So high level of focus and engagement um, with a degree of intensity will allow your brain to be at its most uh plastic. So one aspect that I don't necessarily agree with um, from Andrew Huberman is that there's a certain degree of stress that you need to be in in order to sustain this high level of neuroplasticity in your brain to allow you to stay in this um, very focused state. I believe that by dwelling in a certain state, I believe in balance and, um, from the books that I've read from the spiritual side and the science side that I've engaged in, it all comes down to balance. And if you stay in a state of distress, I believe for prolonged periods of time, it could work against you. It's almost like overworking an engine or overworking, um, a CPU, it's going to burn out. Right. And I, I, I believe that can be, um, shared in an example by way of people that experience PTSD or people that experience CTE that are, that are in a state with constant adrenaline and cortisol flowing through their veins and in a state of fight and flight for so long, their brain can't sustain that, that pressure. So, uh, what other points do I have here? Acetylcholine is modulated at the base of the brain and is plentiful as a child, but reduced to almost nothing as an adult. So acetylcholine is, from what I understand, uh, a chemical um, that we produce in our body um, and uh, appears as though it's controlled at the base of the brain and is just constantly shooting out as a child. And that's associated with learning, how effectively you learn. Andrew Huberman goes on to state that that chemical, acetylcholine, is reduced to almost nothing as an adult. Hence why we see children able to absorb and learn information like a sponge and adults take a little bit more time to pick things up. So he goes on to say and and suggest that engaging in a in a certain degree of urgency prior to learning could allow one to focus and learn and potentially modulate or induce that acetylcholine so that you're able to absorb the information far better than someone that is not in an urgent state. He goes on to say that there are um, outside chemicals that can potentially induce um, acetylcholine or the receptors in the brain to start engaging or firing a little bit faster. And that can be said for caffeine, possibly nicotine, Um, and other, um, I guess you could say uppers, these chemicals that are considered like uppers have been known to trigger plasticity in your brain. Um, that hence why we all know someone that can't really start his or her day unless they have that first cup of joe, that cup of coffee. Change and strength of connections of neurons determine higher performance. So obviously um, how our brains work are there's neural pathways and there's neurons that are um, constantly Going through these neural pathways, and they're triggered by our nervous system, um, which is signaling to our brains to perform certain functions or to think of certain thoughts or behave in certain ways. And so it is suggested that how well these neurons. Um, travel through these neural pathways and the strength of the the highways themselves will determine higher performance. Um, I once had uh, Bell's palsy. Uh, Essentially what happened was there's a neural pathway in our brain and it's actually surrounded by the skull cavity and when the neural pathway is inflamed, and it like swells up, there's not enough space in our neural or our, um, our skull cavity to uh, expand that, neuro, that inflamed uh, neural pathway. And what happens is it gets blocked. And what you'll see is um, uh, almost like a, a dystrophy or a paralysis of half of the face. That can be best. Uh, seen by the former Prime Minister of Canada, uh, John Chrétien. he has the severest form of Bell's palsy, which is uh, permanent, and therefore half of his face is uh, is paralyzed. I was put on uh, corticosteroids at the time, and I also did acupuncture, and I was able to recover from it completely. But that's an example of a strength or um, like a a blockage in a neural pathway and how it can affect our performance. So um, the argument of engaging in a certain degree of stress to induce learning The argument against that is shortening the life by remaining in that stress, fight and flight state. Um, He also went on to speak about how children learn and they learn through play. Dopamine is not just for uh, rewards. So children, when they play, they have um, they're in a state that is induced by the chemical dopamine which is often associated with our reward system in our brain. But Andrew goes on to speak about how dopamine is not just rewards. It's also released when you feel like you're on the right path. So when you believe that you are doing something correct or whatever the decisions you're making is, is beneficial or positive it also it also releases dopamine. And dopamine of course is also evoked through play and humor. Um dopamine is known to regulate nor uh, norepinephrine um because norepinephrine um is actually a chemical in your body that is like um similar to adrenaline or cortisol. It's designed to um, to put you in a state of urgency. However, with uh, excessive norepinephrine, um, you're essentially overheating yourself and dopamine actually regulates that. so, an example of this, of how uh, dopamine plays into the role of getting um, more focused or performing more optimally, can be seen in a video uh, that I once saw where they took two people, they took um, Uh, They took a a guy who uh, has experience playing basketball and they took uh, a woman who's never played basketball and they told her what she needed to do. They needed to shoot 10 shots and uh, they'll determine how much they make. So I think the guy got I think 8 or 9 out of 10 shots and the woman got no shots in. She got zero shots. So then what they do is they blindfold, um, each person, uh, the woman and the man, uh, separately, and they brought in a crowd of people. And for the man who was blindfolded, whenever he took shots, the crowd of people, again, he's blindfolded, would just like, um, would sigh and they would just continue to like, um, be disappointed and and uh, and make those noises, those disappointing sounds to signal that he's missing all his shots while he's blindfolded. And the woman, they, even though she wasn't hitting any shots, the woman, her crowd would cheer her on and would be absolutely elated as though she's hitting these shots blindfolded. When really she isn't. But what this proved was. When they removed the blindfolds. I think the guy hit. I think 6 or 7 out of 10 shots. In his first round. He got I think 8 or 9. And the woman who got 0. Hit I think 2 or 3 shots. I think it was 2 shots out of 10. Which you could say is fluke. But is actually correlated to when you're experiencing a degree of dopamine in your brain, where you feel like you're being supported and you're encouraged and you feel like you're on the right path, you're you're going to be performing more optimally as opposed to someone that's down on their luck or feels discouraged or, or in that state. Um, interesting part about that podcast with Joe Rogan and that neuroscientist Andrew Huberman is he also actually shares some interesting information surrounding hypnosis and how what hypnosis does is puts you in a state of deep relaxation and deep focus. And again, talking about how to perform optimally from the beginning of the episode Andrew Huberman went on to say it's being clear, calm, and focused hypnosis can induce that deep state of relaxation while in the state of deep focus at the same time. Hence why there are examples of individuals who are able to overcome their addiction to smoking or what have you, their fear of spiders. Um, the last interesting point that I just want to bring up, which kind of is random in a way is that Andrew Huberman says, our eyes are not an ex- are not connected to our brain. They're not two separate things, but actually an extension of our brain that our eyes are essentially our brain. And I thought that was very fascinating. Um, I guess I'm just going to end the episode there. So how to perform optimally, being clear, being calm, being focused, getting enough sleep, and naturally doing the activities that will promote those functions, like eating properly, exercising. Because I can speak to uh, having challenges sleeping um, because I was, going through this process where I was sleeping during the day, not sleeping during at night, I was still managing, I was still managing to get my, you know, six to eight hours or, uh, yeah, approximately six to eight hours. I think, um, they say that you should have at least seven to 10, but six to seven is my comfort zone these days. That's just what my body needs. But in any case, when when I exercise, I sleep far better and I feel more rested the following day than I do when I don't exercise, because I feel like during the day I have energy to put out, but I don't expend it. And as a result, it it screws up um, my sleep schedule so that. Take your vitamins, uh, make sure you uh, get enough vitamin D, um, get get some sun, and uh, all that good stuff. So on that note, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate your support. If you have any questions, you can reach me at nthpod at gmail.com and I will catch you next week.